Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, Garrett Wong, who in 2014 played Major Chin in the movie Alongside Night. And myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil, a.k.a. Robbie McDunk, RDM, Robbie D, whatever you want to call me. Just remember, you can get the full version of this podcast and lots more bonus material by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. So, Major Chin, what is that about? Okay, um... It was an it's a project that I would like to forget about if I could. Oh wow! It's just one of Tell those things. Yeah, independent film, yes. um, shot in Las Vegas. Yes, and Tim Russ is in it as well. I saw that, and Kevin Sorbo yes. as well, and a bunch of there's a, there's a bunch of other people in that. But it's uh, it's essentially. How do I you say had, it? I, I, let me tell you, you had Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Uh, names that I that I'm familiar with. Jake yeah. Busey. Yeah, you know Tim, who that Tim, is. Yeah, Tim Russ, mm-hmm. yourself, yeah. Gary Graham. I Sam Sorbo, I guess, is his Kevin Sorbo's wife. Maybe. Sam, Samantha I didn't have Sorbo any scenes with her or oh. whoever that is. Yeah. It's a yeah, her. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of other people I don't recognize, but yeah, a lot uh, of newbies, a lot of newbies too. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just, I don't even know how this came about, but I, I just remember when I was filming it, I wasn't really comfortable with my weight at the time. You know, I was just like, I felt like out of shape a little bit, I suppose. And just, yeah. and, it, and overall it was such a weird shooting situation. It's the only set I've been on where the director brought a lazy boy recliner chair. What? Yes. That sounds very idiosyncratic and very quirky. And why he Hollywood sat in the, has yeah, he a didn't, bad name? He didn't sit in a director's chair. He sat in a lazy boy recliner, and he just he just he would yell commands from the like he would never get up from it. He would make everyone come wow. to him, and and I just thought this is so quirky and so offbeat and so not professional as well. Yeah. And it was kind of like what I love about you as a director. Uh, is that when you talk to actors, you kind of talk in a more of a hushed voice. Like you don't sit there and like, Hey, you like, you don't broadcast it, you know, but this guy, when he wasn't happy about something because he wouldn't leave his chair, he would yell it and he would yell his displeasure with what the actor was doing. And I thought, man, this is, this is not a way to kind of, um, uh, you know, get the troops on your side. You know, you're you're, yeah. you're singling people out. You are you're kind of no it's, scolding it's, them. It's just yeah. I don't know scolding or embarrassing or shaming or yeah. all kinds yeah. of yeah. It's it's a it's an amateur uh, yes way of directing, in my opinion. Yes, and the reason why I agreed to do this project is that he had done a project with Nichelle Nichols, I think, beforehand. Mm. So I you know I thought, oh okay, well this guy knows what he's doing, you know, and then. I get in there and and the whole lazy boy thing. And it just, when they asked me to go to the premiere, I didn't answer. I was like, nope, I'm not going. You know, I didn't yeah. go to the screening. I didn't do anything after that wow. was done. Yeah. So it was kind of a negative experience to be perfectly honest. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I'm right. sorry I triggered you and brought it back up. 
that's okay. I'm I'm just gonna but go. it's long I'm, past. It's long past. I'm gonna go cry over here. <laughs> okay, I'll stay in. Uh yeah, long past. So well, well, well past. And yeah. if anyone sees it, good on them. And 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 I don't don't like to talk smack about other people, but it was just yeah. such, such a weird experience. I've never like as long as you've worked, have you ever worked with a director who sat who brought who brought a lazy boy onto set and just no. plopped it right in the middle of the never. set? Never. No. Very unprofessional. Very. So yeah, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's okay. talk about prophecy, shall yeah, we? Yes. This is the episode for this week. And yeah, my goodness, we're on the 13th episode. We have, let's see, after prophecy, I think there's like uh, 10 more. Or something? I think there's like 11 more after this, 10 or wow. 11 more. And then we're, this is, this I is can't believe my mind. how close we are to the end. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to watch it. Mm-hmm. It's getting very exciting. So we'll go watch it, it. for all our Patreon patrons. Please stick around for your bonus material. And for everyone else, we'll see you in a minute. See you soon. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. All I'm going to say is. Yes. Mo bar dolomaj kevamach. Mo bar dolomaj kevamach. I really got into that chant. That chanting was cool. It was cool. It was was very cool. Yeah. Let's start out with poetry. All right. Here is my haiku for prophecy. Okay. Klingons lost in space. Tom's kid is Klingon Jesus. Paris fights well in fur. Oh, ah! thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Very good. No, very good. that's one extra syllable. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. No, because... it's Paris fights in fur. That's what it was. Not well in fur. Okay. Paris fights in fur. There we go. Okay. Got okay, it. better. That's much better. Thank you. Um, all right, here we go with our limerick for prophecy. Goes a little something like this. A really old Klingon ship gets in Voyager's way, hoping for a foretold savior right away. Harry is traumatized, but Neelix gets satisfied. <laughs> then a PT baby shows up to save the day. Oh, I love the PT baby <laughs> inclusion. Very nice. And Harry's traumatized. Yes, and Neelix yes. Is doing fine. You fit a lot in there. My yeah. goodness. All right. So let's just say this is the longest writer's title card I I've said ever that seen too. in my life. Yeah, ever. Oh my God. Ever. Teleplay what? by Mike Sussman and Ampersand and Phyllis Strong. Mm-hmm. Story by Larry Nimbachik, Ampersand and J. Kelly Burke and Ralph Green Amperson and Ken Biller. So you were correct, and I was correct, and Ken Biller. We got that guess mm-hmm. correct. And I just on a whim got freaking Terry Wendell. Terry Wendell. I, it's crazy because we keep talking about how many episodes did he do? And he, he really he became. Two. If you had asked me before we started this podcast, I would have said he directed two episodes. I would have said one. And then now it's it's literally been as much as David Livingston was in seasons one, two, and three. I also want to mention I love that the story. Is yeah. partially by Larry Nemechek. Oh, and I know. his wife, J. Kelly Burke. Oh my goodness! I didn't that realize is that his was wife. his wife. Okay. Yes. Oh my goodness! All right. So they must have pitched or <laughs> you know submitted a pitch for yeah. a story about yeah. a Klingon ship. So I know I've known Larry. We've known Larry. Uh, for, we've seen Larry on the convention circuit since day one, probably since I'd day say. one. Yeah. And he's written articles in all kinds of magazines, and mm. he's uh, obviously. Uh, 
you know, an expert in the Trek world. Right. And I love that he got a story in here. He got uh, a story just happy in. for him. Yeah. yeah. Super yeah. happy. Let's run through these guest stars. We have Sherman Howard as Tigreth. Now it's interesting. Like he was the doubter. He he kept not believing yeah. this was the child. And his Klingon name begins with the T apostrophe, which usually is like a Vulcan beginning, like T'Pol, mm -hmm. T'Pel. But Tigreth is the same. So it starts with the same letter as Thomas, the apostle that was the doubter. Thomas the doubter. Oh. So I don't know if it, if it got that deep. In Probably terms not. Of Probably not. <laughs> you're like, no. All but right. I love that you're, uh, you're trying to yes, find meaning. Yes. But I love Mr. That. Howard, Sherman Howard has one of the longest resumes I've ever seen. His very first credit was General Hospital in 1963. Oh, my And gosh. so here's the thing. I It said in IMDb, it says General Hospital TV series. I thought, well, maybe this is not the soap opera. Then I Googled, when did the General Hospital, the soap opera, begin? April 1st, 1963. April Fool's Day was the first episode wow. of General Hospital. And he was on it. Wow. So that's pretty crazy. He was then credited not as Sherman Howard. He was Howard Sherman. Oh, interesting. So I feel, yes, but this is what's crazy. As Howard Sherman, the character he played on General Hospital was Golden Bradford Gray. So he was <laughs> Howard Sherman as Golden Bradford Gray. And his next credit is 1984. So 21 years later, he has another credit because I think the name Howard Sherman just didn't. Because of his know, name. It's That's because why. of that name. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he reverses the order, Sherman and Howard. Says, and then he has a little bit more gravitas. And now he's booking jobs. I'm going to go his, McNeil Robert. Yes. I'm switching it up. McNeil Robert. Yeah. Yeah. So switch it up. He was also in a DS9 episode and also a he did a video game voice for Star Trek Armada 2. So those are his other Trek credits. I'm going to have... go, actually, I'm going to reverse my name. What? I'm going to go with Lincum, Lincum, Trebor. You're That's... saying it totally backwards. Yes. It's your Trebor. It's actually, I've already, I've already done this. But You've I already did, done this? I, okay. I reversed your name while we were on Voyager, and I oh, told you that right. was your name, actually, in the makeup trailer. I did that for yeah. everybody. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I like that. Lincum, 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 Trebor. Trebor. Lincoln Trebor. Trebor. That's my new yeah. career and, name. You know mine. I'm I Nal, feel pretty good. And I'm Naw Terag. So that's it. Naw Terag. <laughs> Naw and Lincoln are, we've been friends for so long now. Okay. Naw and Lincoln. <laughs> These are great names. All right. Let's move on to yes. Paul Eckstein. Paul Eckstein played Morak or Morak. Morak or Morak. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was one of the Klingons that was sort of sitting around the fireplace, sort of like, you know, oh, yeah. saying, you know, yeah. hey, what's going on? Kind of talking to Tigreth and Tigreth is He's like a little smaller or skinnier than the other guy. Well, skinnier. Yeah, yeah. But he was still tall. He was skinny yeah. and tall. He was also the guy that was standing outside of of engineering when. Balana tries to walk out. He's like, oh, it's yeah. her. Like the, he's the it's her guy. And then later he's one of the council people, I think. Right. So okay. All right. So that is Paul Eckstein. And the very first credit I could find for him is the 1995 film Seven, the one with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Yeah. That one. One of my mm -hmm. favorite movies. Good movie. All right. Mm -hmm. We have Ren T. Brown. Ren T. Brown, who played Kolar. Kolar, Captain mm. Kolar. Uh, he has just as long of a resume as Mr. Sherman, uh, massive, but his very, very first credit is 1985 episode of Knight Rider that he was <laughs> cast in. <laughs> so Hasselhoff and he probably it's know each other. It's an iconic show. It really is. Sure. Yeah. And he got to work with the Hoff. He got to work with the Hoff. Yeah. We also have Peggy Jo Jacobs as Ch and as Neelix pronounces it. He said, Chit Rigal. 
is how he says it. <laughs> Officer Chitricah. Yes. Peggy Jo Jacobs, her very first credit is mm-hmm. an episode of Clueless, the TV show from oh, 1998. Wow. They were filming right next door they to us. Filmed on the Paramount lot right down the street yeah. from us. Yeah. Yeah. So Peggy just sort of worked there and then hopped over to our soundstage. So she worked in Paramount a couple, cool. a couple times. Now, that's her first on camera. She does have a 1997 credit. One year earlier, she is the voice of Alien Vixen. So maybe this is foreshadowing that oh. she did this voice of Alien Vixen and then became an Alien Vixen in this yes. episode of A Klingon Vixen. Yes. And the name of that video game that she did, Alien Vixen voice, was yes. Redneck Rampage. <laughs> Redneck <laughs> Rampage. And not, I got to say, we're laughing now, but it was so successful. They actually made a sequel, which she also voiced her same character. In 1998, the sequel is Redneck Rampage Rides Again. So that, wow, redneck. Wow. All right, I'm speechless. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. We're out in space. Do we ever start with the exterior space shot of us being attacked? Of us being attacked? Not Not being being attacked. attacked. That's what I said. No, we're we're just floating in space, and suddenly, out of nowhere, Uh, uh, shots head toward us. But we have our shields up. Yeah. Did you notice, like, shields are holding? Yeah. What the heck? Do we ride around with our our shields? Do we always just fly around with shields on? You know what? We shouldn't have them up. No, we they're only up when Janeway says shields, shields up. up. So, yes. oh, that was weird. So they, see, that that's up. not right. We should have taken actual damage then. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We should have been shieldless. Great, we should have been great catch, Robbie. I'm really. I think so. Although. How much resources would it, t- it's like having your airbags turned off, right? Like, yeah, you keep your airbags in your car on all the time. Why yeah. wouldn't you keep the shields up unless it's draining resources? Right. And then you're going to shut them down. I don't know. But maybe, it just was maybe, weird. There's a, maybe there's a light shield that's always okay. on. Sort okay. of like, you know, because like every a half airbag. Then, yeah, like a half airbag, because let's, let's just talk about all the meteors that just might be flying through space that might hit our hull. You need a little bit of light shielding going on okay. at all times. Okay. Okay. Right. I'll buy that. I'll okay. buy that. All right. Yes. Let's go meteors and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Astronomy and things. Okay. Yes. Fine. Yes. So, yeah, we're hit by some weapons fire. We're putting it on the bridge. Janeway says, report. Yeah. She's coming in from the ready room, though. She, she's yeah. got action coming in here. You know, mm-hmm. that's good. Right. Coming in from the ready room. We can't identify them because no. this, wherever these shots are coming from, the ship is cloaked. Yeah. But Tuvok says that it's a Klingon signature on these weapons. Yeah. We make evasive maneuvers. Paris yeah. is amazing as usual. Oh, always. always. Flying out Par- of there. You know what? That should be your middle name. Paris, ev- Tom, evasive maneuvers, Paris. I think yes, that should just it be. It should be because my evasive maneuvers are some of the best. They're, they in the quadrant. They really are. But from our Tetrion readings, we do find out that this is a D7 class cruiser. Now that, and Tom Paris talks about it, that was retired decades ago. I mean, this is a very old ship. Yes. And it's very confusing. And because they have such old tech, it's Chakotay that suggests a metaphasic scan to penetrate okay. their cloak. What the hell is a metaphasic scan? It's just- Have we ever said that before? Yes, we have. A metaphasic scan? That's yes. a thing? Yes, we have. I was like, he's just making we this have, up. No, no. We said it in uh, the uh, episodes with John um, Deer Hunter actor. Yeah. John, John, John Savage. Savage. Yeah. Um, we said okay. it then. All right, fine. I did, it sounded like Chicote <laughs> just made that up. <laughs> like metaphasic he just, scan. Yeah. He just pulled that out of his bum. He's like, well, hey. 
Well, uh, if he made it up, he calls to uh, Astrometrics, and Seven knows seven. what the hell he's talking yeah, about. Seven knows. So seven she says, knows. I'll do it. She's on it. She detects a vessel yeah. and gets all the info, sends, sends it up it to, to the bridge, Tuvok. to Tuvok. Mm-hmm. And he's got the info. Janeway's like, fire those phasers. <laughs> and then uh, we cut over to a Klingon bridge. Yes. And we're, they're taking some fire. And their emitters are offline. Uh, The Federation ship hails them again. Our Voyager ship, they call it the Federation ship. And the captain says, uh, answer them, which to Greth is like, wait, what? Talk to, you know, so already, you know, Kolar is into let's talk about this to Greth is like we would never talk to humans yeah well part of his reason why he wants to talk or answer the hail is because it might buy more time to get the cloak back online so they can that's keep what he says. attacking us yeah that's what he says but that's his but oh we, we kind of no yeah. he, you think he's making it up no because he I hasn't met made... Bellana yet so oh, I'm that's saying, true. you see that's what I'm true. saying so if yeah. he knew that plan beforehand he wouldn't okay, okay. yeah okay all right. All right. Anyway, Janeway pops up on the. It. I debunked it. You did. Yeah. Okay. Good. You did. Um, I'm excited. We see uh, Janeway on the view screen on their view screen, which I gotta say is rare. Like normally, yeah. we're on our bridge looking yeah. at, at the bat at the other guys on our view screen. Well, we don't see that perspective. But this one to yeah. go on their ship and look at Janeway. You know, we yeah. didn't do that shot because you have no. to set the camera up to do a, a view screen shot in a different way than you would normally do it. And right. Yeah, so she's yeah. on the view screen. And I just got to say, yay, Klingons. Fun to see the old school oh Klingon gosh, look here. Yeah. But it also made me wonder about if the doctor was wrong when he told Balana that Klingon DNA is dominant because Balana doesn't look like when I saw these Klingons, I was like, wow, Balana <laughs> does not look very Klingon. So how can her DNA be so dominant when she looks much more human? Than Klingon, so I think the doctor needs to revise his uh, assessment of that. Yeah, she exactly. She does not look very Klingon no. at all, no. and she looks less Klingon than she did season one, episode one. I'm yes. going to say that too. The ridges changed as well. They for get her, smaller. So that happens they get, with they DNA. Yes. <laughs> DNA does that. It just mm-hmm. reverses the look of somebody. It starts, okay, over time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, right. Klingon DNA is is. Uh, totally opposite of what the doctor said it's very (laughs) fragile and will break down very easily right anyway so janeway comes on when they start talking kolar says that he's from the klingon empire and janeway says wait a minute what are you talking about that the empire signed a peace treaty uh we're not your sworn enemies more Um, than 80 years ago 80 years ago we signed this treaty so that's still in effect i think yeah. And Kolar does not believe her. No. But the trump card, the ace in the hole is, Janeway says, oh, I'm not lying. I have a Klingon crew member. I have a chief well, engineer. sort of, sort of Klingon. Yeah, sort of. Right? Yeah. She doesn't, yeah. Anyway. She's, Klingon, she's Klingon adjacent. We know she's she is. Klingon. She's Klingon adjacent. <laughs> yes. Um So... We cut to the bridge. Janeway's explaining the situation. She says, I'll give you databases to you know, prove to you that there mm-hmm. is a treaty. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, that could be falsified. falsified. Which is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love at the end of this, when he says this conversation on the view screen, when he says, uh, okay, I'll meet your chief engineer. Mm-hmm. And she says, we'd be honored to have you as our guest. Yeah. And my looks as because Janeway's standing right by me. Oh no. What did you and do? I have the, like these sheepish looks like, what did you uh, do? I don't know what I was doing, but it was, I just noticed that like these sheepish sort of 
Oh, you're going to invite them over. I don't know if I agree. I don't know what I was doing, but it was a weird. Were you, were you Janeway's to Greth? Were you doubting her? Maybe I was doubting a little bit. Or maybe I was just like, yeah, that's my wife. That Klingon (laughs) you're talking about. I don't know, but it was a funny look. And then we cut to space. We see that we're side by side with this Klingon vessel. And it looks like we're at impulse because the stars are kind of moving fast. And I thought to myself, where are we going hanging out with this Klingon? Like, why are we at impulse? Why aren't we just stop? Let's stop for a minute. Let's get to know each other. Shouldn't we just hang out for a minute before we start (laughs) dating, dating on the move? But there we are flying through space. (laughs) Okay. Uh, now we're in the corridor and there's a little yes. bit of a walk and talk with Olar, Janeway, and she's just kind of reassuring him. Don't worry. Everything's fine. You're not going to mm-hmm. be harmed kind of a thing. And he's very gruff. And he's yeah. like, I, he's you like know. I'm not going to talk to you until I see the Klingon is all he says. Yes. Right. And as they get on the turbo lift, did you see Kate's eye roll? Maybe yes. the best <laughs> eye roll. Maybe. The I don't know. I, I think the doctor has probably some of the top eye rolls of all time yeah he's got some good ones but i loved her eye roll as they get in the turbo lift it was amazing we go to the briefing room (laughs) janeway introduces kolar to uh, torres yeah and immediately he sees that she's pregnant which i think is the first time we've seen on the show the baby bump did we have we seen the baby bump Uh, before i don't know if they if they put it in there i didn't notice it no one called it out we have you don't think so? You think this is the I mean, very I know first we've time? said that she's pregnant, but Correct. I don't but know early, that we've seen it. You, you might be right. You might be right. Yes. Yeah. You might be right. But I do find it funny that she makes the introductions and he doesn't even say, hi, good to meet you. He just says, you're a child. He just mm-hmm. says that statement. But of course, yes. this is something they've been searching for over 100 years. So the chance to <laughs> stop flying around and settle down is very, very uh, a real possibility now for Kolar. And I think that's the first thing that he, and the main thing that he saw, he's like, oh my God, we can finally stop now if I can make this work. So, well, he first, he says, did you conceive during the holy month of Napok? Napok. And she's like, I have no idea. (laughs) She's not very spiritual. Then he says the 14 or 15 weeks ago, and she thinks for a second, she says, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Not that it's any of your business, which I love, very Bolana. Yeah, but um, that's more confirmation that maybe this child is right. Could be. Uh, I, yeah, I think at that great. point he's he's like, oh my god, this is perfect. You know, I mean, yeah. I I can't, I couldn't have scripted this any better. Kolar mm-hmm. is thinking, and he's like, I got to go back to my ship. So all all of a sudden, we're everyone's looking around, going, "Why? What's happening? Don't you even want to see the records the of the treaty between the Klingon Empire and Starfleet?" He's like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just you know, just email me the details later. Bye." And he's gone. Okay, he's gone. But there. right before he leaves, he looks back at Balan, and there's this long what, look to Balan. What was, was that? Like, I don't know. I, I think okay, it was, that... was he was putting all this together. Maybe this is the child we've been looking for. Like. He's he was. going down the checklist to make sure this could be possibly it. Yes. I just think that the moment was too long for me. It was long. It was, it was just, it was perplexing of why every other shot was not like that long drawn out just stare. Yeah. And that, and yeah, we're both bothered by that moment. So it was a little weird. I will say uh, just an overall comment on this episode. Okay. It felt slow generally to me. Wow. Like a lot of the conversations it was just paced slowly. Okay. And I wish yeah. it had been had more a little bit faster, urgency. a little more zing to it. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you on that. It felt a little plotting to me. 
Yes. Um, anyway, long yes. look to Bellana. He says, you have my word, exits. Again, I made a comment about Janeway's eye roll. She does not even an eye roll, but like a, like a, what a weirdo, what a creep. I don't know. <laughs> it was great. She's got some good face. Wow. Janeway facial mugging left and right here. Yes. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the scene, Bellana says, what the hell is that about? Yes. Which I made a note. She really doesn't know any of this Klingon stuff. <laughs> she, <laughs> she doesn't know about the holy month she doesn't yeah. know she doesn't she, want to know she's she, clearly not interested no she yeah you're right she doesn't know <laughs> it she doesn't know it uh back on the klingon ship kolar has basically told everybody what he's found out and Tigrath is you know already doubting it how can you be certain mm -hmm. kolar talks about the scrolls the sacred scrolls yeah. they talk about all these different things that really kind of fit actually and i think this is also where i was wondering why don't they have a briefing room? It's like they were all just standing there in the they middle. They were kind of this... standing on the bridge because that's the only set they could afford. To oh, build. I didn't think that was the bridge. I thought that well, was it elsewhere. Looked like the bridge was that the bridge? Okay, all right. I think it was the bridge. Okay, you know, Kolar in the end basically says, "Tell everybody to prepare. The day of separation has yeah. arrived." Yeah, and they all leave. So this big day that you know, the sacred day they've been waiting for has arrived. As they left, though, yeah, and. Uh, the monitor behind them oh, no. was revealed and it looked like in this dark bridge or whatever, it looked like a video game to me. All of a sudden, as they walked oh, away, I was like, no. is that missile command? What oh. is, it looked like an old Atari <laughs> video game. It is wasn't. Is it Centipede? What it's is just, it playing right there? Yeah. For Galaga or something? Galaga. It felt like those old- One of my favorites. It felt like we were, that they shot this scene in an old video <laughs> Yeah. arcade that yeah. was kind of dark where they had all yeah. those things it, yeah. i had a flashback to the old okay. days it was missile well, command yes i did not notice that monitor but from this scene i did then realize what the plot was because when i read the netflix synopsis it talked about they had been you know basically lost for 80 years yeah. or whatever and so i kept thinking that oh they're like us but no, they went on this journey on purpose. You know, they knew right. that they were going to be a multi-generational journey. So I, I, this was the scene where I realized, oh, okay, these are not, this is not this was, the Klingon version of Voyager getting right, lost against right. their They're will. They're here on they, a mission they, and yeah, they think they've is, found it. This is their choice to go on this crazy, yeah. crazy journey. Yeah. Right. Okay. So next we go to our bridge and mm -hmm. Harry says, Captain, the Klingon ship, he reads that their core is breaching. Yeah. If their core is breaching and we're right next to them, dating in space as we were, hanging out close, Janeway calls for red alert and calls up their captain. Kolar pops up and he says, hey, our core is breaching and you, you're, you must have done more damage than we thought. And Janeway says, well, well, we'll send some people to help. And he goes, no, there's not time. Uh, you've got yeah. to transport us off immediately yeah harry reads that the breach is gonna uh, happen in less than 30 seconds mm -hmm. and you know my note is like man kolar you are cutting it close like you could have yeah, said what if like, we hey, said no yeah we I what if we said no so i would have i would have said it at five minutes you know what i'm saying that's enough time and it's not enough time to send over a team to help and fix it but it's enough time in case the federation's that's what I'm going to say that the Klingons call us. The Federations said yes. no. So there you go. Well, what if we said, no? what if, by the way, because later on, the Klingon doesn't understand how our transporter technology can, <laughs> yeah. can transport so many people. They right. didn't know that clearly. No. So they were just, 
guessing that we could transport over uh how many people 200 200 200 some yeah 200 change 204 people they don't even know that our transport technology could do that it's very risky it is and that's way more than we have on our ship yeah that's significantly more than that's more than our crew compliment we will be outnumbered by these by klingons yes very dangerous move yeah. Of course, Janeway decides to uh, bring over the Klingons. Yeah, but she does us. say erect a force field around the shuttle bay. She does. She does or cargo she does. bay. Shuttle bay, shuttle bay. So mm-hmm. there is a little safety there. She's not. Yeah. Janeway tells Paris to go to warp as soon as the crew is aboard. Kim's counting down five, four, three, two. Uh, we've got them. Yep. And we take off. Again, evasive maneuvers. A plus on that flyaway <laughs> for Tom Paris. <laughs> Did you like the explosion of the D7? I did. Okay I made with a, that. I okay. made a note. Great explosion. <laughs> All the little de- detail of debris. And it was cool. I, and I, sad I, to see, like, this is an antique Klingon ship, right? Yes. And it's sad to see to them myself, scuttle it like that. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, Save like, that. That could be a museum. So I know. Like, yeah. if it's an antique car or something, you don't want to, you know, total it, crash it, blow it up. You want to save that thing. Yeah, but no, it blew it up. You know what's funny? I knew that you would like that explosion. I've been doing this so long with you. I can almost—it's like I'm married to you. <laughs> I can finish your good. statement. You I can know. tell what <laughs> everybody can tell. It's not yeah, like I've got yeah. some superpower. No, like, but I'm you saying can tell that... when there's a good VFX and when there's a yes. mediocre VFX and when there's a bad VFX. Yes, yes, you can tell. Okay, but I'm just still saying doing this long enough. You, you, get you got to, me. You get the I get the rhythm of. Robert you know Duncan where McNeil. you know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say, so I feel okay. it. Okay. All right. Then we go into the shuttle bay, yeah, and we see uh, all of these ex these Klingons. Oh, Two hundred and four. Yeah. What did you think of that shot? Were you? It was it was actually pretty good, but I'll explain <laughs> to everybody what that shot is. Okay. Go. We don't have a set that big. Correct. And we and we did not hire that many extras and put them all in makeup <laughs> to no. fill up. So the way that you do a shot like that is called tiling. Mm -hmm. And you tile, you basically put the camera back until you're shooting off the set. And then VizFX extends it so it looks bigger than our set really is. Mm -hmm. And then you shoot all of these Klingons on green screen and you replicate them over and over. So if you you go back and look at that moment when they're all in there, there's some Klingons moving. I went back and looked at it. Yeah. To see how good a tile you paused job. it and looked at it. Yeah. I watched it a couple of times, and there's some moments where you can see like a group of six Klingons, and one of them starts walking over, and then he sort of disappears behind another Klingon. It's uh, like, oh, they tiled this and they okay. were trying to get all this. So it's really probably about six or eight Klingons that they had on the day that they just replicated over and over. If you look at that, you'll see them replicated in different positions, probably, but the same people just filmed over and over and over again so do productions still use tiling today yes totally okay. oh right. yeah there you go. often and- if you're in a if you're in like a uh let's say you're in a performance of a or, or a lecture where someone's lecturing and they're supposed to be five you know a thousand people in the audience you're not mm-hmm. going to hire a thousand extras no you might hire 150 yeah. and then you'll you'll sit the camera on stage while you go film something else the VizFX guy will sit there with that locked off camera and tell those 150 or 100 people, yeah. hey, sit in these seats. Now move around. We'll roll for 20 seconds on you there. Cut. Now move over here. We'll roll over here. Then move over here. We'll roll over here. And then you wow. put it all together with split screens and tiling. 
and it looks like you had a thousand people there when you really had a hundred. So. Yeah. But it takes a long time. It's very tedious. Yeah, it's so. very uh, labor intensive. It yeah. sounds like. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have them. And then the next scene is in the ready room. Kolar yep. is appreciative that uh, they were spared a dishonorable death. And... He's so appreciative. I think he went to the beauty parlor because I... his hair looked <laughs> His good. hair looked different in this scene than before. Yes. <laughs> He had did he have some soul glow bit. in there? What was going on? I don't know on? what was I, going I just, on, but okay. it was beautiful. <laughs> it was a beautiful mane of hair. Yeah. Gorgeous Klingon hair. Yes. <laughs> but we do discover they didn't blow up. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't from damage. She goes, you, yeah. you activated your self-destruct sequence. We know what, why. <laughs> yes. Like, what and, are you doing? Yeah. And he tells them, he says, a uh, hundred years ago, uh, this is a sacred moment. And a hundred right. years ago, he explains his right. grandfather was part of a sect that believed the empire had lost great its way. grandfather actually that's right great grandfather yeah. and he discovered the sacred text and took them on this journey uh, to a distant part of the galaxy yeah and so we realize they've been it's a generational shift this is where Janeway yeah. learns this mm -hmm. and they're looking for the kuva monk the savior of our people that will lead us to a new empire and Robbie, say that again what's the savior's name Kuva Mach, Mach. Yeah, get that. You've been taking Kuva Mach. Yeah, the Mach, the the G H. Ah, Kuva Mach. Yeah, right. you got it. Yes. <laughs> they say that uh, the scrolls instruct us to follow her wherever right. she goes. So we realize they're looking for a girl. I guess it's an unknown or unspoken fact that they knew that your kid is going to be a. I mean, it's I already know. been. Yeah, that's a bit of a hole in the plot, right there. I think. Yeah. When did he find that out? How did he find that out? Mm -hmm. Did he do his own little scan? But but he just, all of their tech is so old that I don't think that, I don't know. We'll no, see. I think just like, you know, the 30 seconds to get off the ship where you might, play, he just rolled the dice. <laughs> he He's just like, roll it. He's maybe like, it's a boy, maybe it's a girl. Let's go, Lady Luck. Woo! I'm going to guess it's yeah. a girl. I'm going to guess they can transport me. <laughs> I do like the part where Kolar says, I believe the Kuvamach is the unborn child of Belana Torres. And then the next shot is just is a rock close up on rock joking like that i did like yeah. that i, I did too it. yeah in the briefing room so i i made a ha 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 note good because i did laugh out loud there yeah and you're in this scene you're in this scene with your honey I and janeway and myself i'm here tuvok is everybody's there. in this scene everyone's in this scene even neelix is in this scene okay everybody's in the scene i did make a note later i'll go ahead and jump to it seven's it's not in this scene Seven's not in the scene, Ooh. but this is like a dinner table scene. This is like scenes when, when I've directed before with 10, 12 people at yeah, a table. Yeah. It takes so long to shoot because every time somebody looks one way or the other, you've got to shoot yeah. them from this side, you got to shoot yeah. them from that side. Yeah. And I think Terry Wendell shot every angle possible, except for one. There was one moment where Neelix looked and he kind of looked in profile like this for his close up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they didn't want to put a camera for one line all the way over there so they gotcha. just let it let it play in profile but a little bit of a cheat there he covered every yeah eye line every look mm. it was a lot of shots in this scene for sure yeah 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 this is where janeway is basically explaining to balana that you know they think that her child or our child is is the chosen one and i i think paris even says i was hoping our daughter would be special but i never dreamed she'd turn out to be a klingon messiah mm -hmm. and torres says that's not funny um, I feel like she should have punched me there just for making a joke out of a serious situation. Because everybody's so serious and there's Tom trying to crack a joke. 
Yeah, I think if Tom said Klingon Jesus like my haiku, I think Torres would have laughed at that. Yeah, but she might Messiah laugh was not as yeah. funny as Klingon no. Jesus. Yeah, I made a note about Neelix's line when he says, there's women and children down there. We just can't lock them up. It was yeah. in a profile, and that was a moment that I one. wish we had seen his eyes. Mm -hmm. Well, we talk about security concerns. Neelix says, we'll double up on quarters. He yeah. offers that idea. Because it's Harry who asks, where are they going to sleep? Because it's mm -hmm. true. There's two, more than them, more of them than there are of us. Yeah, how are we going to fit all these people? And yeah. Neelix is like, we'll double up on quarters, which is setting him up for his roommate situation. Yeah, which is great. Janeway ultimately says, you know, we, we've got to make our you know, do our best to make them feel comfortable and mm -hmm. end of scene. There we yeah. go. They're going to be our every guest for a while. Yeah. I thought the space flyby next was really good. The digital flybys are getting better and better. Yeah, that one looked good. Mm -hmm. It did. We go to the mess hall, and my mm. first note is they have octopus legs in the Delta Quadrant for food. <laughs> Up front, the, and, and by the way, a couple of those props. So we go to the mess hall. All these Klingons <laughs> are eating yeah. up a storm and mingling around. And we see octopus legs on the, on the, uh, you know, the, the counter there. Yeah. And lots of people believe that octopus are actually from outer space. That they like are in aliens. real life. Yes. That they yes. are aliens. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And so why are we eating? Why are we like cannibalizing yes. aliens? Look at you. I didn't like I it. Love I didn't it. like the octopus. I love it. For Bad food. choice. Bad choice. And what I really didn't like was the sheep head prop. Did you see that sheep head? No. Right next to the octopus as it panned over. Oh gosh. I as soon as it panned past the sheep head, yeah. it was like a it was like a smoked, you know, barbecued or spitfire. Did they have an apple head. in its mouth kind of a thing? It like was, a, was gross. It? And I remember when yeah, we shot I the don't scene. Think... No. It was gross. But I guess that's for uh Klingons because they're, you know, they love the Urgh. I, I err food. They love the err. Yeah. Coming down to our restaurant, we serve err food. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. It was All there. Right. Neelix welcomes Janeway. She, he uh, he offers some gach to her. Yes. And she passes on that. <laughs> Neelix is really into this, though. He's into these guests. He and, likes it. Mm -hmm. And hosting people. And uh he 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 says the, the only thing that's wrong is that some Starfleet people have been complaining about the smell. Yeah. He says, personally, I find it very appealing, which <laughs> is interesting that he's so into the smell. He loves kind it. of a musky aroma, yeah. he says. He, he wants to bottle it and sell it. He's yeah. When he says that, Kate's face, another amazing Kate <laughs> Another face. good face from Kate. Yes. A fight does break out, though, between two Klingons about yes. food, right? And I love how Kim is trying to settle the situation, kind of calm the situation down. The Neelix tries mm -hmm. to, uh, tries to, you know, get between the two of them. And I love how he gets into it. He's like, I've been, I've been studying Klingon etiquette and uh, you shouldn't quarrel over food. He's, and then he gets very Klingon. He's like, save yeah. your strength for battle to fight those who would challenge you. He, so he, he kind of starts channeling Klingon sort of delivery of lines. And that's when they look at him and just toss him to the side. But Kim, yeah, just, they yes. just threw him like a rag doll, which I felt bad for Johnny. I was like, oh man, he just got tossed like that. Oh boy. Yeah, he gets tossed. Harry steps in to, yes. to say, hey, take it easy. Yeah. You know, don't I, throw him. And then I'm, how do you pronounce her name? Chiriga. 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 Yeah. Grabs Harry 
yeah. pins him up and but that's after she, I rough her or I rough her up. I throw up against the thing. I'm yelling at her. I'm getting, I'm being very, very firm with her. Yes. But you, that, you, you manhandle her, I like, manhandle you know, her in the way that Klingons really love. They like, yeah. So she then grabs me and says that I have a fiery spirit and that I will make a worthy mate. And that's not good. Very funny. I have <laughs> ha 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 in this moment. Did you laugh at that one? I did. did. I laughed. Sure it was very did. funny. Speaking of laughs, we go to Tuvok's quarters, and uh, and uh, I think Tuvok tries to come in at the door. No, or no, he Neelix just walks right in. Oh, that's what it is. He doesn't even ring the bell. He doesn't he ring the bell. He walks right into Club Tuvok, and Club Tuvok is closed. It's after hours. He just walks mm -hmm. right in. He has the key, evidently. He and walks makes in, himself puts at home. his feet up on the table. Yeah. I love the way he settles and makes himself at home. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tuvok's like, uh, Mr. Neelix, may I ask, what are you doing here? And Neelix informs him they are bunkmates. And I loved his delivery of that line. Yes. Uh, amazing bunkmate delivery. Really good. Yeah. Really good. At the end, when he talks about how, you know, he's learned some Klingon drinking songs and he starts to sing some of them. Do you recall Ethan Phillips every now and then just singing Make, the random verse like as a joke outside of this episode. I feel like he did things like that. He did things like that. The other thing that Ethan Phillips will do is make up fake languages, like not fake languages. <laughs> he will speak German, His, for example, and right. he doesn't know he doesn't speak. German, he doesn't speak German, but he'll start improvising as if he knows German. Yeah, you know, intimately, and will yeah. start speaking that or French or sure. Swedish or, and so. I wondered in this, he starts singing this song. Yeah. I don't think he learned any actual. No, Klingon. he did. He did. I, I know he did. I swear to God, he did. Cause they, these, these songs have been, these lyrics have been sung before. I swear to you. I think he made up his fake Klingon for this. <laughs> I think he did just like he does in life, making up fake languages. You're going to get comments on our Delta I Flyers page fake. where everyone's going to say, Robbie, this is not fake. I, I don't speak Klingon very well, but I, I'm going to call fake on this one. Okay. I think he, it was just him confidently no. faking his way through a language. Okay, no, we'll see. We'll I see. know. I've seen these lyrics before. This is like a main this is their main drinking song. They've they've sung this before. It's been spoken before. But you feel it's fake, but let's see what people well, I'm gonna say. go with fake. Okay. All right. Hilarious scene. I always love Tuvok and Neelix as the odd couple. Oh, they're great. They're they're it's a, the scene made me laugh. Oh, they're great. Um, the other thing that made me laugh, we go to engineering, Paris calls Torres, hey, uh, dinner's ready, and uh She's like, oh, I'm I'm on my way. Yeah. She's an hour, hour late. She goes to the door to walk in the hall. Her fans are there. The Klingons say, it's her, it's her, it's her. <laughs> yes. And she turns around. <laughs> her face when she turned back around. Yeah. Hilarious. It was the best. She does that, she does that 180 and yes. she's like, oh my God. Was it as good as a Kate Mulgrew facial uh, bug? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I would it say was so. on par with Kate. We love that. Mm -hmm. All right. The next shot is her beaming into to your quarters, yes. your, your, yeah. your you and your honey's little pad. By which, the way, yeah, I thought it was funny she's getting away from her Klingon fans. Yeah, to beam beam herself from engineering into her quarters. Yeah, but then I thought, why don't we always do that? Like, why do we even walk down hallways? Yeah, but, and but see, here's the danger of it, though. If she beams herself into the quarters, what if she beamed herself into the coordinates of where you were standing? Mm, you see what know. I'm saying, and now, now you've got to be safety. Now you become Talana for for real. You see what I'm saying, right? Right? It's a Tuvix thing. It's all like, well, ah, and you guys okay. meld. I'm just, 
I don't or know. you beam yourself in not knowing, you know, that you're, you know, invading a, a moment that you shouldn't yeah, be there or course. something like of instead course. of knocking or that's why we so, don't just beam okay. randomly into areas. Okay. Right? Smart, smart. I take it back. Yeah. Let's not beam ourselves. All it's only way. for couples. Okay. I also love that Paris is making dinner for the scene, although I guess he's just telling the computer to make dinner. So <laughs> he didn't really make anything, no. but it's sweet that he's serving dinner. No, but you're, I mean, you're trying to get her to get into the spirit of this whole thing. You know, you're like, maybe yeah. you should talk to them and give them a chance. You should, yeah. You know, yeah. give them a chance. Janeway comes in. She says, sorry to bother you guys, but I need your help, Alana. Yeah. Right. 10 of the Klingons have started a hunger strike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thought, hunger there. strike. First of all, I thought I would never go on a hunger strike. I love eating food <laughs> and I would never do that. Not even for the prophesied child, the Messiah. I like my pizza too much. They're protesting because they want Balana to meet Me- with their mm-hmm. council of elders. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. So the 10 mm-hmm. that are starving themselves are not the council. I'm sure the council is quite well fed. Mm-hmm. It's some of the more lower, you know, ranking Klingons that have to do yeah. the hunger strike. But yeah. Balana's like, I'm not who they think I am. And Shane yeah. says, just talk to them, please. Paris says, I'll go with you. And so uh, we cut to the cargo bay and Torres and Paris enter. And there's the chanting. Go okay, ahead. Can we do this? Okay, here we yes, go. How's it go? Well, first of all, the first word, Mobar, is the name of the character that impersonated Tuvok. Remember that? He had a fake oh, Tuvok yeah. and a fake chain. His name was Mobar. So I thought immediately when we chanted that, I thought of him. So it goes, Mobar Dolomaj Kuva Mach. Mobar Dolomaj Kuva Mach. Like that. It sounds it's almost good. Tibetan. You know, it's it like did. a monk It sounded thing. like a Tibetan thing. The way I do it. Yeah. 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 I like that. And how they did it. It did sound like Buddhist chanting to me. Yeah. It made me feel comfortable, actually. Paris and Taurus come in. They're chanting yeah. for a while. It's beautifully shot. This... This stuff in the, you know, in and around the cargo bay, I thought Terry did a great job. It was, yeah, you know, dark and mysterious and beautifully like long lenses. It yes. was very, very nicely shot. He even did a low angle on Bellana to make her more heroic right. in the scenes. Uh, but this whole scene is really to graph doubting Kolar. That's that's mm-hmm. what this whole scene is. Back and forth, back and forth. Look, this is not even a full Klingon child. It's half Klingon. Oh, that's the father. It's one quarter Klingon. It's just, it's like, well, he even says the prophecy wouldn't lead us to a mongrel child. Yeah, right. And then right. Paris goes, hey, hey, take it easy. Right. He like, says, take it easy. Like you're uh, trying to. He's such right. a hero. Yeah, because you go, because he asks, like, who are you? And you say, mm-hmm. I'm the father of that mongrel child. And then when he realizes you're the dad, Tigreth says, more human blood. And I almost thought of that'd be an awesome t shirt. Just more human blood. And it's just your image. <laughs> Your image on top of there with nice. your with your batleth though with your yes. fur. See what I'm saying? Yes, 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 yes. More human blood. Yeah. Basically, Kolar says uh, all the signs are here for the prophecy, and Tigrath yeah. is like, "You're yeah. a liar." Right. This is a false and also that, savior. And also in the sacred scrolls, nowhere does it say it has to be a hundred percent Klingon either. That's the and that's the truth of the matter. So mm-hmm. we go down the corridor. Torres yeah. is uh, she's out. Oh yeah, she's she upset. Is, yeah, she's, she's out. out. And uh, Kolar says, "Lieutenant, I need your help." Yeah. And Torres is like, "I don't want a holy war." And Kolar <laughs> says, "That's what I'm trying to prevent." So they yeah. go to the briefing room. Yeah. Torres is like, "This is not a savior. This mm-hmm. is just my baby." And yeah. basically, this is a scene where Kolar. We, we realize that what he's twisting for an outcome that he wants. He's, oh, yeah. No, he's showing us he's showing us his hand at this yeah. point. He's telling us, listen, folks, I 
I, I, you know, I need to stop this mission that we've been on for over a mm -hmm. century now. It's time to get off this darn ship and find a home. Mm -hmm. So this is the only way I'm going to have to help convince his them. people. Yeah, yep. trying to help them. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to go search in vain. It's already been over 100 years. We haven't found anything. Mm -hmm. So this is the best that we can do. Mm -hmm. uh, so please, Balana, study these scrolls with me. Let me give you the bullet points. And then you can help me convince them that yeah, you we can are bring the out yeah, all bring the things that the, you know, the co consistencies with what you've experienced and what yeah. the scrolls say. And uh, that'll be the evidence to convince them that, yeah. you know. Maybe, maybe you're not the savior. Maybe this baby is not the savior, but let's convince them anyway. Right. And help me, help me help you. Um, mm -hmm. So we go back to Torres and Paris quarters and Torres is, is reading some of this uh, material. She says the Kuva Mach. Wait, uh, is this the scene where she's holding the Klingon pad? Da, da, da? Yeah. I like the shape of the Klingon pad. Da, da, da. Yeah. It was very unique. I like mm -hmm. that. It was okay. nice. But she says, you know, the Kuva Mach. Uh, must come from a noble house. And she says, I don't come from a noble house and neither do, does my husband yeah. that I'm aware of. Kolar's like, well, if you search far enough back, we're all from royal houses, basically. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. eh, we can fudge it a little bit here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Kolar's looking around Bolana's quarters and he yeah. asks, you know, I don't see any images of Kalis. I, mm -hmm. I don't see your family crest displayed. Right. I love her response. Well, they clash with the carpet. <laughs> that was funny. And he asked, don't you want to honor your people's traditions? And she yeah. goes, no, not really. Yeah. I got emotional in this scene. And then, yeah, he kind of, he kind of, this is the scene where he sort of turns her a little to her traditions. Yeah. And he says, there's one tradition that we can honor together right now. And it's remembering the sacrifice of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And he says, have you made a plea for the dead before? And she said, no, not since I was a kid. Right. And so, uh, you know, he said the dead can't rest in Stovacor if the living don't honor their memory. And I agree. I, I, this was actually a moving tradition. And so he says, uh, is there someone I can honor on your behalf? Who did you plead for as a child? He's, mm -hmm. And, and Bolana says, my grandmother. And he asks her name. And then he starts his, uh, his prayer. Remember Kalox, the son of Amar. Remember Tal Talij, yeah. the daughter of Karen. Yeah. And Torres is sort of mouthing the prayer. Uh, yeah, that, that part about lift them out of the cavern of despair, reveal yourself to this. Yeah, because she knows it as a kid. It's like a nursery rhyme almost. She starts so mouthing she yeah, starts coming out. along with him. She even has a moment where she goes, oh, right, right, in all your glory. Like she forgot that part of the prayer. Yeah. But it's a great, subtle performance by Roxanne. I thought this was uh, I, really... I agree. We go to the sick bay and yes. Harry's skin. Oh my gosh. Is I got cut. a little, I got, yeah, I've been bitten. He's bleeding. He's been yeah. bitten. Yeah. Yes. She One of the Klingons. Yes. She attacked him. And the doctor says, well, what did, did you do something to provoke yeah. him? And right. Harry says, it's not a him. It's a her. And she wasn't provoked. Yeah. She was aroused. Um, yes. I love how and, your voice went four octaves lower. Aroused. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, she was aroused. And the doctor says, well, yes, um, I've been studying their mating rituals in, in their right. database. It doesn't surprise me. The doctor says, you have two options, kill her or mate with her. And uh, you obviously can't kill her. So he hands Harry a pad. Study this. Get ready to mate. And I found this scene awkward. Like <laughs> for a doctor to be saying, sorry, 
you're going to have to submit. Okay. It's a little, it's a little nineties. It's a little nineties, right? I, so, <laughs> yeah. so you're saying you're not, you're, you don't give the McNeil stamp of approval. I don't, I do not at all <laughs> give my stamp of approval to the scene. If yeah. imagine if gender or, you know, characters I, I agree, were no, switched. I agree with you. I agree with if you. this has been a female, oh, you're going to yeah. have to mate with this, you know, I, you're going to have were, to submit to this male yeah. alien or something. Yeah. It just, it doesn't even matter gender. It's anyone should yeah, have no, the no. autonomy to say no, no means no. I agreed a thousand percent, but I think they the writers were trying for comedy here. They thought, Hey, yeah. this will be real funny. If we yeah, say this real funny, yeah. it is funny that Kim can't get away from this Klingon woman though. Yes. I that part that, is funny. That part is funny. So I wish it was more that she was just obsessed and in love with him rather than getting into the whole. Um, yeah. Until you have one choice, you either kill her or you mate with her. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And the doctor was supporting it. Yeah, it was like, would he really do that? That was yeah. my question. Like, would he really say, hey, that's all you can do? You know, have fun. Yep. Bye. We do have a chief engineer's personal log. Have log. we ever had this? Never had one, I don't Ooh, think. Oh, look at that. Torres, first time. Mm -hmm. First time. She says in her chief engineer's personal log, I have spent the last two days reviewing the sacred scrolls in preparation for my appearance before yeah. the Klingon council. Kolar also suggested I prepare a few colorful stories to help win them over. So she's on board with this plan. She's she going to go along with Kolar, try to connect her yes. experience in the Delta Quadrant to, yeah. you know, uh, the scrolls and mm -hmm. the signs. Yeah. Uh, and so Balana is now in more Klingon kind of yeah. outfit, and she's in the mess hall. Telling stories, and she's she's even changed her up. voice in this yes. scene. She's turned more Klingon. Oh yeah, she's playing it up. She talks about the Herogen. She's telling the story about the Herogen and how she faced ten of their fiercest hunters. Mm -hmm. And Paris turns to uh, Neelix and says, "Is that how you remember?" <laughs> she's exaggerating, and uh, Neelix says, "Exaggeration is part of the Klingon custom." She's yeah. great. So Neelix, <laughs> who studied all this, thinks she's right on target. She talks about taking down a hunter, the Herodian hunter, hand-to-hand. -hand. Yeah. And Kolar says, oh, your ancestors would be honored. Yeah. And then they start banging their cups around, all the Klingon. Yeah. And one of the funniest things I think I've ever done on this series what? is when I when they cut to Tom and he looks around for a second and he starts banging his cup down. <laughs> that way? Oh, I made myself laugh out loud. I... That's rare my... that you laugh at your own little performance like that. I did. My just... cup banging, for those listening who haven't you... seen this episode in a yeah. while, please just fast forward to the cup banging moment. This scene in the mess hall. I'm very proud of the cup banging. So she continues to tell the story, but Tegreth is not sold. Doubting like Thomas. Very doubting Thomas. Mm. He basically calls her on it. He's like, you're, you're saying all this, but Kolar is the one that's, you're just, you're a puppet. Yeah. And yeah. he insults her. He says, are you a puppet in his bedchamber as well? Yeah, and saying Paris, that Kolar and, and your wife are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And Paris is not happy. No. And he, he goes from funny Paris to, you better watch it, dude. Uh, yeah. Watch it. That's my wife you're talking about, he says. Which Paris then, is that? Is that evasive maneuvers Paris? Or is that another Paris? Man, yeah. this is a don't. That's lower octave Paris, Don't probably. mess with my watch lady. It, dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, lower octave for sure. Tigreth continues to insult him. He ultimately says, "I'm going to challenge you to a duel." Grabs a knife, stabs in the table to the death. We're going to fight to the death. 
Can I say, can I just say yes. that line to watch it? That's my wife you're talking about in your normal non lower octave uh, voice. Yeah, sure. It'd be like this. It'd be like, Hey, watch it. That's my wife you're talking about. Yeah. Not as see, not as gravitas no. when you lower it down. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's yeah. all I needed. Thank you. <laughs> um, but there's a challenge to the death. They're going to fight to Greth. Yeah. Says I'm not honorable and yeah. Balana's not honorable. Is that what a Klingon challenge is? You grab a knife and you with this you just stick it in the in the table. That means if, challenge, and if, right? Yes. And if, and the if person you grab pulls it, it out and stick, I'm did you stick it back you. down? Did you stick it back down after you said mm, I'm gonna? Fight no, you? I just pulled it out. You and just pulled it out. Like a, you're on. He says. Right. He yeah. says I accept. I accept. So, yes. Again, heroic Paris. Yeah. Standing up for his uh his loved one, and I was very happy with uh. With that, we cut to the ready room and Paris says, what was I supposed to say? Um, you know, uh, Torres is there. Janeway's there. Paris doesn't, you know, he's like, uh, I, what am I going to do? I got to stick up for my wife. I yeah, got to, yeah. gotta, you know, I got to do something. You have to do something. Yeah. And did you notice they they said Patak in this episode probably 38 times. Like there is yes. so many people use the Klingon derogatory term for Somebody who's a you know, not to be respected. Not brave, yes. Yeah, not, not brave. Not, you uh -huh. you. Tuvok escorts in Kolarn to Greth, and to, and Janeway says, you know, Paris had no authority to accept this challenge. There's no death matches on my ship. Greth says, I told you this Patak was not the mm -hmm. true father. Yeah. yeah. And uh Kolar says, Well, there's precedent for a compromise here, an honorable compromise, yeah. a, uh, a non-lethal bout. Fought with right. blunted batlefts. Blunted batlefts. And Tigreth I... says, oh, that's for cowards. And right. Kolar goes, was Emperor Morek a coward? He's the one who instituted the rules to ensure his warriors would kill their enemies and not each other. You sound like Bob O'Reilly right now. Good like job. Yeah. yeah, thank you. But so they they do compromise. Yeah, they and... agree. He agrees. Yeah. Well, they, they sort of agree. Janeway says, uh, if you agree to these terms, I'll allow the match. She's basically oh, yeah. like throwing Paris in. Okay, I'm not going to die, but I'm going to You're going to be really severely be injured. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You might want to check with me. I was going to find another way out of this. Like <laughs> where I don't get hurt. Janeway, are you sure you want to subject Tom Evasive Maneuvers Paris, our best mm -hmm. pilot, to possibly be injured and maybe his hand where he controls the ship could be injured? Do you really want that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She did, she anyway, Tuvok thinks I might have a suitable holodeck training program. And, no, he uh, says, I assume you have a suitable holodeck training program. Yeah. And then this. Kolar says, I'll train him myself. Yeah, He'll you're going to be trained by Kolar. Yeah. We cut into the corridor. Neelix <laughs> is walking. I oh love this God. scene. This Neelix is walking down scene. the hall, nods to crewman, which is always fun when we acknowledge the extras that are there. Yeah. Well, okay. I just want to say, Typically, yeah. when we have any corridor scene, there's usually two or more players involved in the corridor scene. So to see the camera angle of just him walking down the center of frame is so odd yeah. to see because we never. Yeah. It's so rare. I, yeah. I don't even know if that's ever happened where one actor has, you know, I'm one sure. series I'm regular, sure, like yeah, just yeah, walking think, by. But himself. usually, it's, okay. it's a conversation. Yeah. This was this was Neelix walking by himself. Yeah. And as he as he passes uh, another hallway, we hear Psst, Alex. And you see, yeah, you see Harry. Harry his head comes out of, out tube. of a yeah. panel of a Jeffrey's tube. He's hiding <laughs> in the Jeffrey's tube. He's been hiding the whole time. He is ter terrorized and traumatized by that Klingon woman. 
Chirag, Chirag. Um, Officer Chirag. That's how he yeah. said Riga. it. That's how Riga. he says yes. it. Yeah. Riga. Harry says the Klingon woman that one I got in, into a scrape with in the mess hall. Yeah. Neelix, ah, oh, Officer Chirega. Yeah. And Harry says, yes, that's her. Yeah. The way that Neelix responds, I haven't seen her today. Yeah. Like, he <laughs> has the biggest crush on her. He does. It he was does. so funny. Just and I, <laughs> all the subtext and just the I haven't seen oh, her today. Oh, God. It's was amazing. It was masterful. It was a master class mm-hmm. watching Ethan Phillips do this. Yes. And uh and I and I said, Well, she's been following me everywhere. And Neelix is like, Why? And when I say she wants to mate, and he's like, Oh, you're a lucky man. He's he's, he's so envious. So he's like, Oh my god. So funny. Oh my god. It's so damn funny. I love yeah, it. and then she she starts coming down the hall. Harry hears her, sees yeah. her. He jumps back in the Jeffries too. We're trying never, to. Trying yeah, to go back in. It. Yeah. He's like, you never saw me. Neil says, wait, I got a better idea. He grabs, grabs Harry. Neelix does. Pushes him up against the uh, the wall. Slams him against the wall. And basically <laughs> says, play along. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take her off for your hands. <laughs> and then he starts yelling at you. When I say you are limited to two servings, oh uh, that's all you get. Do you understand me? Yeah, and yeah. And Harry's so confused, like, okay, whatever you say. Yeah. And Neelix is, continues, I don't think so. If I catch you eating more of your share again, I'll cut out your belly. I'll cut Come it on. out of your belly. I'll cut it out of your like, belly. Yeah, it's so funny. He's taking the context of him, his job as the the, the cook, the chef, and putting it as a mm-hmm. aggressive Klingon sort of, you know. Yes. Uh, something to make showing off in front of Yeah, he's her. showing off in front of Chirega. Definitely. And Harry runs. Neelix calls Patak to you. Yeah, he calls me a Patak as I'm running. Mm-hmm. And I, I do that little, uh, I know it's it's ADR, but I'm like, excuse me, because I almost bump into another Klingon mm-hmm. as I'm running out. Yeah. But it's it's so comical, this scene. Very funny. And then yeah. Sharega is mesmerized by Neelix. Well, the, the-, the endings, yes. But the, I love how when, when I'm gone and it cuts back to Sharega and Neelix, mm-hmm. Neelix growls at her. He's like, you hear this audible like coming from Neelix, which is like, I thought, is Chirega doing that? No, it was Neelix doing that. Okay, so next we go to like a cave setting. It's a holodeck cave setting, like a fight arena for this uh, big fight. (laughs) And Neelix is uh, up with, the, I think, the doctor and Janeway maybe up on the ledge, that second floor to look down. The doctor's there... uh, and Neil says, I didn't think you approved of this kind of competition. The doctor says, I don't. I'm here in official capacity and holds up his medical kit. So, yeah, like I said, I'm going to get very hurt. <laughs> Polar then calls out, Warriors, assemble! We see Torres handing a bat left to Paris, in who's in this Klingon armor. Now, it's so funny because I thought this episode was uh, Neelix going off to a planet when yeah. I heard the thing. And I right. was so wrong. You were. But as soon as I knew that I was going to fight, I remembered some photos that I have that um, I had forgotten about. So I'm going to I'm going to make a quick pitch. I found a few cling up few things from this episode. Uh-huh. We're going to put them up on the store, but I'm going to just show you. Here's uh pre-signed Ooh. i've only got a few of these left who's in the background who's in the background behind that's you? balana back there oh is she so holding there's... a bottle of water she's holding a bottle of water oh. yeah 
She's holding a, okay, a plastic it. bottle yeah. of water. This was yeah. like, you know, we weren't rolling, and I'm yeah. sure they but just look said, at the, oh. look at the dramatic lighting in this. In oh, it's you. great. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really good. It's a really good shot. There's and the Klingon outfit, perfect. a nice posed shot. Yeah. When we weren't rolling. Already signed. Um, yeah. Already signed. Nice. Then I've only got a few of those. Yeah, what else? And then I got probably from a, a rehearsal or Whoa, something. Oh, look at that. It's an right. action shot. Right. So Tegreth yeah. is actually swinging the batleth at Robbie in this, yeah. in this shot. Yeah, you see Janeway and yeah. Neelix. And in the background, yeah, that's Chicote, a great I, I'm going to say right now, I've never seen this shot before, ever. I don't think I've ever sold it, but I, I, I remembered I had some of these because I've always loved these so shots. You're gonna sign, are you going to sign that one too? Yeah, I'm gonna, I can sign those. Sign those, yeah. Put them up on the, okay. yeah, up on the store. What else do you I have? I found, I got a couple more things. Oh, here is the challenge moment with a knife. Oh, yeah, yeah. There it is in the mess hall. Again, never seen that shot before. Yeah. Wow. Put Very that nice. one up in the store. The last thing I did find the script for the. Oh, wow. Oh, that looks cool the way it is on the green screen, too. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like coming okay. in and out. This is my script. Yeah. From Prophecy. Nice. This is a. Uh, if you saw early season scripts of mine, I had notes everywhere. I looked for notes. I didn't make a single note in this script. <laughs> so it's a pristine script. But it is Robbie definitely on cruise mine. control. He doesn't because need of notes. the uh I used to when we got pink pages or yeah. blue pages, yeah. things, I would fold back the 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 cover of the color that that I was replacing just so I could remember. And so oh. the folds, the folds are still in the pages. So this is wow. definitely my it's script from okay from when uh we shot when it so i got some it. some things this fight just reminded me of that photo and i went digging and so there's a few special items we'll throw them up in the store if anybody wants them they're pretty All right. cool though. so that would be the delta flyers.org org and then look for the drop down menu where you can find the shop and then you can see these items that robbie has talked about yeah gonna, yeah yeah good job we'll liquidate it's a it's a nice uh reminder gotta, of this episode yeah. that i totally didn't remember i, I have I, to start doing what you're doing because you know you were able to sell um a lot of your cds your music cds like i have stuff laying around too but i never there's really stuff that these episodes about. reminds yeah. me of and, and i it, just don't want to forget like yeah, i know i've got good idea like you said yeah. you've never seen those photos i don't think right. i've ever taken them anywhere right. i just printed them because i thought they were cool i do want to say that for those of you who are listening there are limited numbers of what Robbie is putting up. So oh, if you're hoping to get, yeah, they just so you know, it's not like, oh yeah, I'll check the site, you know, maybe in a month or so they're, they're going to be gone. So, you know, good yeah, luck. There's like four or five it. of each. Yeah. That's it. And that's yep. the only, only script that I've, I don't have all of our scripts, but I right. have, but you have that you know, one some, sure. and I remembered I had this one. Yeah. So all right. even though I couldn't remember but, what this episode was about, yes, you, <laughs> but the Klingon fight part brought it all back. Let me ask you, when you had all of that, crazy Klingon wardrobe with the fur, the armor. How hot was that? It was so hot. It okay. was so hot, especially doing a fight over and over and over again. Yeah. And it was really itchy, I remember. Yeah. Oh, and heavy. What, what part was itchy? In the upper or the maybe lower? Maybe the fur area, like okay, around the arms. neck. And yeah, arm. neck. I don't know. All right. it was, it was, I remember it was heavy, so heavy, thick. You were sweating. I was sweating a lot, yes. Okay. I remembered also, as as I rewatched this, I haven't seen this since we made it. Yeah. I remember there was a lot of rehearsal involved in this fight. Yeah. The choreography, we started rehearsing a week ahead. And if I wasn't filming a scene or something, which I probably, you know, had plenty of time to rehearse, I was in for multiple rehearsals of... With Dan? I remember Dan? With Dan? 
It was Dan Curry, well, right? First, that was helping you. It was Dan was there and Dennis Madalone and yes. the, and the stunt people. Right, but, but Dan knows the batleth, so he. Was I remember there, him then... giving me a lesson in yeah. the batleth and things like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now your lessons were also with the actor that played Degreth with. Uh, I don't think Herman? so. I think it was just with stunt people, and then on the okay. day I rehearsed with him. Because he clearly had some coaching from Dan as well, yeah. because the way he was twirling the batleth around, and I'll be honest, it only looks good in profile when you do that specific twirl. When yeah. the camera was dead on onto Greth looking directly at you, like basically yeah. your POV of him uh, fighting you, that twirl that happens doesn't look as impressive dead yeah. on. It has to be a, a profile thing. So uh, Yeah, I, I also remember... When we filmed this, I think it was all handheld. So probably Marvin Rush with yeah. a camera on his shoulder yeah. filming this. And it was yeah. a film camera. It was not the digital cameras we use now. Mm -hmm. This was a big film camera. I remember having to be really careful swinging that thing around because you might Marvin, Marvin was standing two feet yeah. in front of me. Like yeah. he was right there. Did you two have any mishaps at all? Where I don't remember any. You no. hit him by mistake. He hit you by mistake with the blunt end. No. No, no I don't. I don't remember ever. Good. No, no, we were very safe because those Good. are dangerous little yeah. things to. Did you have swing the were those metal or plastic that the ones you used? It was metal, right? I think they were metal because we were having a hit really hard. Yeah, yeah, I think they were metal. Okay, yeah, but it was a great fight. Did you, did you have a stunt double in this one? No, I don't think so. Right? No, no, and neither did so. uh, Sherman Howard. He did it. I don't know. Too. I I don't I don't remember. Okay, I would imagine that was him, but it could have been a double because. Right. He has so, so much makeup on, you know. Yeah, you you wouldn't even know if it was. Yeah, they might have done yeah. some close-ups on him, and then okay. had the. Maybe that's what I did. Maybe I rehearsed with a double. I don't remember rehearsing with him ahead of time. Gotcha. I just All remember right. it was me and the stunt people practicing. Yeah. yeah. But but it's a long fight, and ultimately, no one takes a a, a wounding or anything. But no, he, he just he runs just out of gas. Yeah, he, does. He, just, he just looks like he's overweight and he's out of shape or whatever. I don't know, yeah. but he does. Yeah, he runs out of gas. He collapses. The doctor runs down, and Kolar says, it's begun. And the doctor says, what? What's begun? <laughs> he's dying. Kolar says he's dying. <laughs> it's the Naret. Yeah. It kills all of us who are not fortunate enough to die in battle. We're yeah. like, wait, this We're, is a new twist. Yeah, here's another twist we have no clue about here. Yeah. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Yep. We go to sick bay. The doctor says that this is a retrovirus. That destroys cells by attacking the cytoplasmic membranes. We have so, so many episodes with viruses, don't we? I mean, yeah, now that we've been viruses. recapping them, we see another retrovirus episode. Yes. Here we go. Yes, and the doctor says it's an insidious virus, lies dormant, yeah. and inserts itself uh, as inert genetic material until it inexplicably activates. It's a very smart it retrovirus. Comes on without warning. Mm -hmm. And uh, Janeway's like, why didn't you tell me that you had this disease? Yeah. And he said, well, we never thought of it as a disease, more like old age. Yeah. Then Janeway says, is it contagious? Yeah. And the doctor says, only to Klingons. Yeah. But if you give us some privacy, I want to examine Lieutenant Torres. Yeah. And they leave. The Janeway and Kolar leave. Uh, Torres and Paris stay. Mm -hmm. He scans Torres and you can tell by his face that she's got it. And Torres says the baby too. He says, yes, I'm afraid so. <sighs> this is a deadly virus. This and the a... first thing I thought of was these Klingons should be social distancing. What the heck? These Klingons came on this ship with this contagious 
Norette virus, mm -hmm. they should have been social distancing. Not very polite of them <laughs> no. to come on. Now Torres has got it. The baby's got it. Uh, it's very somber news. It um, is. And then suddenly Tegreth yeah. wakes up in the middle of this. You're not in this scene, are you? Is yeah, it Oh, you are. Did it? Did you? Did they show your reaction? Or yeah, I put my did... hand on her. I wish okay. I had done more in the scene. Honestly, I wish I had hugged her or played this. I wish we had both played this a little more ominous. And... Did you like Roxanne's? Oh, so Roxanne could have went a little further too with her reaction. I think both of us. Okay. It was really yeah. sad news, and we just sort of took it yeah. stoically. And I put my hand on her yeah. shoulder and my my other hand on her arm, yeah. which was a you know, a, a, a gesture, but it's it a gesture, but it should have landed even it harder, should have landed right? harder. I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 But to Greth wakes up, he's like, why am I here? Well, he realizes he's got the Norette and he wants to go prepare for his journey to Stovacor. Yeah. And the doctor says, you should stay here. He goes, can you fix me? Doctor says, nope, not right now. And he says, well, don't deny me my tradition. So he's facing his death. Like a, a true Klingon, and right. the doctor does not have a, you know, a Solution fix for this, or, or or yeah, he can't An antidote of anything. Mm -hmm. Not good news for Bolana or no. our baby. No, very sad. We go in back into the cargo bay. The Klingons are sitting around chanting. The council, yeah, the council sitting around humming or chanting or something. Yeah. Again, I love the look of this set when it's dark. Tegreth says, uh, you know, this is not the Kuva Mach. Yeah. This child is not Kuvamach. Uh -huh. And uh, Marak says, uh, but the father accepted your challenge and he defeated you. Yeah. But Tegreth still is not convinced. Yeah, he's like, I was defeated by the Nerette, not Tom yeah. Evasive Maneuvers Paris. Exactly. And he tells them, Belana Torres and her child have the Nerette as well. And, and Marak is like, no, it's impossible. Yeah. And he says, nope, they both have it now. Uh, she told me herself. And so uh, the Kovamach is uh, is younger than old age. Is you know the scrolls say that Kovamach is younger than old age, and stronger than sickness. So this cannot be our savior. Yeah. And Tegreth has rallied them to say we have to act for the good of our people. Act, take care of ourselves. They decide they're going to seize Voyager. He's planning mutiny. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yes. Very scary. Very. We go to the astrometrics lab, and ah, I thought this seven. planet shot was a was a beautiful planet. Yeah, it looked looked like Earth. This planet where it they're going to settle these Klingon colonies. Uh, seven yeah. suggests the southern hemisphere. Tegreth is playing along, like he's like, oh yeah, yeah, sounds yes. good. Yeah, yes. Olar, you're so along. right. I shouldn't have doubted you. I shouldn't have been doubting Thomas. You're right. This is the savior of our people. Yeah. yeah. So Kolar says we'll transport down there in an hour and yep. in one hour. And we go to the transporter room. They're transporting some barrels or something down there. Yeah. It sort of supplies, <laughs> I guess. And Maroc is sort of uh, fishing with Harry about yeah. the the transporters. Yeah. And Harry naively seems to. Yeah. This is... What did you think of the scene? I, this is what I thought. I, I thought. Harry should have been so busy with other work that this was sort of like a fly, like, okay, okay, yeah, that's the way it, you know, you know where I sort of give away information because I'm just trying to shut this curious kid up, yeah. you know, that's next to me to sort of like, because 
Harry would have seen through this. Like he would have been yeah. like, why are you so curious about the workings of our transporter? You know, when you're system? leaving I mean, in a minute, you're like, leaving, is, you're never yeah. going to use this. So it, it just didn't play right. It didn't land right for me because I Harry felt should like have been more suspicious. You think more suspicious? Yeah. Yes. And also maybe uh, make him a little bit more busy where he's not yeah. maybe on top of his game. Like he's trying to deal with some other stuff. And then he lets mm -hmm. out a little bit of the cat mm -hmm. out of the bag. That's all, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It could have been refined a little bit better. I think. All right. So. Basically, Harry tells him how these transporter controls work. Yeah. We go to sick bay. The doctor has called Bellana in that uh, that you know he wanted to talk to her, and Bellana says, "Well, is she sick?" And he goes, "No, but I may be onto something." So we've got some hope here. Yeah. But it's a quick scene. We don't really learn much. We go out yeah. to the corridor, and uh, Chakotay says. Uh, they're leading a team going site to site, uh, going to site A. Kolar will be in charge of site B. So they're making these plans. They come into the transporter room and Harry's still there. Mm. Good morning, Commander, says Harry. Chakotay, Harry. Then suddenly the fight breaks out. He, well, yeah, boom, he, bam, gets, boom. he gets broadsided from behind, right? He gets knocked yep, back. Knocked out. Harry gets uh, thumped from uh, the side there. And then phasered, and I love your ping pong fall. I love the bounce I off like the I, wall. No, but the, when I went forward, it looked like I was diving into a swimming pool. Like I was I was about to be in the Olympics, you know, competing. It was, in, it was in a very dramatic stroke. fall. It was very dramatic. I but I liked it. I was I was it was fun. as dramatic as when season one when you did the, the jazz hands fall. Yeah, jazz okay. hands fall. When you, that was with a good the crayon fall. people. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good fall too. Yeah. Uh, we go to the bridge. Tuvok uh, detects this phaser fire. Uh, they leave. Yeah. Tuvok and the team leave. Yeah. We go back to the transporter room. We've got the Starfleet bodies, Chakotay and Harry and Kolar is arranged on this, uh, this pad. And then they transport them. So I guess you're transported off uh, off the ship. You're I, down on this planet. I know. I totally remember the whole scene with Morak, and he's asking, you know, hey, what's this? But I don't remember them placing us on the transporter pad to beam us down. I don't remember yeah. filming that. That was yeah. like, oh, they you just totally got beamed out. Yeah. You're out. I'm out. They want to lock on to the bridge officers, but yeah. uh, there's a force field around deck one. Yeah. So they just start transporting the rest of the crew. Mm -hmm. um, we go back to the bridge. Paris picks up multiple transports. She, uh, Janeway tries to cut the power, yeah. but Paris can't do it. Janeway calls engineering uh, to Bellana, no, no response. And Paris says, nobody's in there. No one's yeah. in engineering. They've so been beamed out. I wish that I had been a little more upset. Like, you know, yeah. what, what Paris doesn't know is she was in sickbay with a doctor. Right. Um, right. But he should, he would assume that, that if she was no one's yes. no one's there, he should have been a little more upset there. Yeah, yeah. We're back in the transporter room. They're still trying to get a lock on the bridge, and Tigreth says, "We'll just transport us there." Yeah. Uh, if you can't get them, get a lock on them, then transport us there. Mm -hmm. Tuvok steps outside the transporter room. He overrides security, and just as he steps in, they're beaming themselves to the bridge. We cut well, he, to the he bridge. He does shoot Morak, right? Morak falls down, so he oh, yeah, he's doing the beaming. Shoots yeah, That's he hits right. him. But Tigreth and company have already beamed into the bridge, where a massive phaser battle begins yes. between the Klingons. And you got a lot of action in here. You got I to did. shoot and spin around and fall down a, and make noises. You did all kinds of things. I remember doing here. this. I remember that they set those spark hits 
really close to yeah, me. Yeah, right by your face is what yes. they did. Yeah. How right dare by my they? on my console, How right on the they? floor. I yeah. also remember they strapped a phaser under the console that I grab. Okay. I was like, you what? normally have a phaser no. stored there. It's just no. kind of like, ah, I thought it was convenient. Too. It was convenient. Yeah. Too convenient. Too convenient. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I remember them sticking there. I remember Johnny Nestowitz, our prop guy, going, Hey, where do you want? You want it here or here? Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember you got to choose where you could put to it. Choose <laughs> where it was for convenience because they wanted me facing the spark that was. So I was pulling the thing. Yeah as the sparks going on in my face, you know, when they did that, yeah. usually we would, we would kind of be sideways and turn to avoid any peripheral, yes. you know, sparks, but yes. I had to look right at it. And you, you're lucky you didn't get your eye injury yeah. or something. So, I, Hey, when I saw this scene, I was like, those sparks, I remember they were way too close. Yeah. Like you would never put an actor in that type of danger now. No, right. Like you would nope. be in trouble. You'd, you'd get sued. I think at this day and age. Absolutely. And I, I just think it would have been funnier if you were, if you just pulled that phaser, just like you reached down in your, and just, just pulled it out from your shirt yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know, but why that would have made, this... made more sense. Yeah. But okay. ultimately Tom is a gunslinger. He takes uh to Greth out and everybody, oh a God. bunch of them out. Yes. And uh, to Greth wants him to uh, finish him off. Uh, give, grant me a warrior's death. <laughs> Family's like, no way, no, Jose. No mercy killings on my no, bridge. Yeah. Yes. And you end that scene with, yes, ma'am. You I do. Yeah. yeah. Classic, classic gunslinger line. It is. Sick bay. Uh, EMH is waking up to breath. Yeah. He's like, why am I not dead? And yeah. the doctor says, uh, you're healthy. You're and healthy. Tigreth what about says, the Nerette? Yeah. Yeah. Gone. Mm-hmm. And and Kolar explains we have Balana's child to thank for that. Yeah. There were stem cells and the Klingon and human DNA allowed him to synthesize an antivirus. So yeah. the child cured him. The child did cure him. The doctor, though, <laughs> says, well, I was the one was who the actually one. devised the treatment. Doctor. Oh, yeah. my God. Bob is so funny. <laughs> yeah. so uh, yes, funny. of course. The child cured you. <laughs> yes. Very funny. By the way, we get a flyby coming up. I think it's the best flyby of the series. What? The, sh- Did, the digital. With, oh, with the, the, yes. The ship going under the camera yeah. with a planet yeah. in the background. Yes. Ooh, yes. With the, with the sun, was... with the, with the star or the sun, whatever that moon in the background as well. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, it was good. I mean, it I know that good. nowadays with digital technology there's you know space stuff looks yeah. amazing right I, but I would back not then argue. i'm sorry in 2001 that was a really was, good shot i mean it was a really good ooh, shot yeah i agree yes I yes agree. we uh have a captain's log the captain says uh we help the klingons into their new home yeah. and things are returning to normal mm-hmm. tuvok tries to go back to his quarters the door won't open <laughs> i says, forgot uh, about this scene <laughs> Yeah. Access the quarters and the computer says, nope, been restricted. Tuvok's like, on whose authority? Computer says, Neelix. Tuvok says, Mr. Neelix, open this door. We hear Neelix. Oh, uh, I'll be there in a minute, Commander. And then you hear him say, that's my boot. So we know, we know, uh, Sherega. What's the thing in college they always say if your roommate like hang you, a you're supposed to hang on, a sock on the door, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's a door that slides open. So you, yeah. you, pu- know you where paste, to hang the sock. Ah, you can stick it on there. Use some type of adhesive and just stick it right there. N- Neelix and Sharegas have a 
lovely goodbye where they growl at each other and she oh leaves. Oh my god. He calls yeah. her what he calls her a Klingon name. He says, Goodbye, my little Parmachkai, or whatever yeah. the heck he says. Yes. Very, yes. very funny. Oh my God. And then they is, go in. Tuvok's got um two well, the Tuvok's place is a wreck. By I, the way. Did you love Ethan Phillips when when she walks away? They growl, she walks away, and he looks he looks at her longingly as she walks down the corridor yeah. and he goes, I'm really going to miss her. the way he said, I'm really going to miss her was so good. It he was, was so, so subtle, was, but it was hilarious. Yeah. It was yeah. the best. He's very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Inside the quarters are a wreck and Neelix <laughs> picks up a couple things and puts a, like a pathetic flower One back flower in the vase. And hands it to him. Dead flower and hands it to him. Actually, the flower was still still standing pretty upright. It would have been funny yes. if it was broken. Like, you know, to say yeah. hands on the broken stem flower. That would have been yeah. funnier. We go to the transporter room. Torres is given a bat lift yeah. uh, from Kolar. And, That's uh, right. He says, this is for your daughter. And I hope you'll tell her about us someday. And right. Torres says she will. Yeah. And they say goodbye. Well, he says Kapla. He uses the Klingon, you know. You know yeah. Yeah. And she responds in Kapla. So she's kind of, you know, has a bit of character development where she's more into her Klingon culture and background. Yeah. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's nice. In the quarters, she's hanging the Batleth up uh, over their dresser or something on the wall. She's hanging it. And even Tom says it doesn't seem right just to hang it on the wall. And she goes, well, I'm not going to let you scratch it up in the holodeck. So it's it's very sweet. And, it is. Uh, yeah. They basically talk about uh, maybe, you know, what they'll name her. Yeah. And Tom says, maybe we should name her Kuvamach. Kuvamach. Just to be safe. And, and Tora says, we'll put it on the list. <laughs> yeah. So Ku the, for short. Oh, the only thing I wish that we had kissed at the end of the scene, I wish that Tom and Bellana had kissed. It felt like. They kind of say the sweet thing and then they just go back to work. And I wish they had had a little more tender connection. I wish moment. you would have bit her on her cheek. At yeah, the end of this that one. would have been nice. Like that. Um, would have been nice. What there was that batleth made of? That was a stone batleth, wasn't it? Or some type of gemstone or some, it wasn't metal. It was like a darker color. I thought maybe. Might have been wood. We had some wood bat batleths that, you know, no, 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 props. I'm... Oh, but I, I I think they were trying to make it look like it was an ancient batleth that was oh. not made of metal. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. chiseled from some type of hard black Rock opal or, or something. something. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I that's what I thought. So and since you were on set, I'm wondering if you remember. I don't remember the actual no. prop itself. Okay, I don't remember that one. That's all right. Well, there you go. There is prophecy. What is your lesson? Your overall lesson? What are you going to say from this? My lesson. This was a tough one for me to figure out a lesson. But I think the lesson for me was that prophecies can be interpreted however you want. Like mm. a lot of times when there are these, you know, uh, Notre Dame or what a Nostradamus or whatever, who has these prophecies that people think are, you know, so real. And yeah. they often will interpret. I, I remember like Y2K, you know, remember like when the millennium hit and everybody was panicked that the world was going to end. Nostradamus, had, like yes. you can predict whatever you want you can interpret whatever you want okay and it's not always true so i think you know there was a lot of interpretation of this baby and they just wanted kolar wanted a story to make sense for him and so mm -hmm. he just tried to fit everything into that story that was my lesson mm. yeah what about you mine is more based on that one scene where i got emotional and it's it's really about learning to accept yourself Mm -hmm. learning to accept your uniqueness as being your strength and not mm -hmm. your weakness. Mm -hmm. That's great. It. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Your rating. My rating. So as I said earlier, 
this episode was slow for me. Okay. A bit slow. Okay. A bit plodding. Yeah. And so I'm going to give this a 7.5. Wow. That's higher than I thought you would give it. So yeah. 7.5. Okay. I think it's just because I love that we brought, brought Klingons back into our show. It was fun. Definitely. A fun diversion. It was a good story with, uh, Alana and I love Neelix's performance. So I give it a seven, five based on some of that stuff. But as in terms of just watching an overall feeling 7.5 is probably a little generous, but I'm going to stick with it. That's very generous of you. And yeah, for me, I also loved the fact that they had old school Klingons in here. In fact, my haiku, the first five syllable line was going to be Klingons, Klingons, yay. But then I was like, <laughs> nah, you know, I'm not going to go there. So I'm going to go 7.5 as well. I'm going to join you. Identical. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's see. Our captain and admiral average ratings for prophecy are 7.6. What? Look 7. at that. 6. We, we are we are the board. Nailed. We are of like mind. Yeah, we, we just have a we have a Delta Flyers collective right now. This is yeah. our collective. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That yeah. means we're that means we're we're, we're in sync. We're in sync. Exactly. Nice. nice. Very cool. All righty. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to our recap Thank and you. our discussion of the episode Prophecy, where we got to see what Robbie looks like in fur. Mm -hmm. uh, and join us next week when we will tackle the episode The Void.